It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pikey and Lau Show. We're talking Taipans. And once again, now that we're only two weeks out from the NBL Finals, another win for the Taipans on the on the weekend against the Illawarra Hawks. So we're ever so close to being able to say that we're locked in for a, for a finals appearance from the Taipans. And we'll, we'll dissect all of that as we go along on this week's show. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But as the name suggests, my, my co-host is the man that you all want to hear from, Alex Loudon. He's a Cairns Taipans legend. He's the man with all the opinions as well. Lowes, how do I find you this evening? Mate, I'm very well. Um, you know, uh, it's just another good day at the brewery, of course, for old Lowes. So uh, actually, I uh, had a little bit of a, a scrimmage tonight with um, some some players, some key personnel, and uh, Lennon Smart uh, from the Taipans took the session. Could be some sort of a Marlins type of session. I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, a bit of a, a bit of intrigue for the uh, evening's activities for old Lowes, but uh, keen to get started with talking Taipans. Now, Pikey, we've got a bit of a, and a bit of exciting news. Are you ready to hear some exciting news? Absolutely, always. Well, mate, uh, as you know, uh, Cairns Total Physio and uh, Staten's Plumbing Company have been staunch supporters of the Pikey and Lau show, talking Taipans all throughout this 2019-2020 uh, season. But we've got another sponsor on board, Pikey. I'm very excited wow. to uh, introduce Your Fitness. Uh, they're over there in the city, open 24 hours, and uh, they're coming on board now. So without further ado, uh, let's uh, introduce our sponsors for today's show. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. So it's really good. Uh, the show's starting to get some momentum, Pikey, and I think it's uh, you know a response from the the people. I'm getting a lot of comments when I go to games. Oh, I love the love the podcast. Love love what you guys are doing. So it's a it's a positive uh, feedback, Pikey. So great job to to you and your uh, organising for uh, for this podcast to happen, and of course pumping out on social feed. But I think we're starting to get some traction. Yeah, it's fantastic, and and it's really just something that's come out of out of nowhere. Obviously, we've known each other for a long time, but right. it was just a it was just a bit of a, a brainwave that I had in the off season to think of something something new that I could could try to do this NBL season. So I obviously combined with the work I'm doing for the for the club, and you can check it out at the at the Taipans website. I thought, why not try to to keep Lousy involved, try to talk a bit about the Taipans, and have a look at us now, where we've got some incredible sponsors on board. Who, let's be honest, we wouldn't be here anymore if if they hadn't supported us throughout the whole season so to have another one at this point of the season is fantastic but I have a feeling that they're probably keen to support us because of the way the Taipans are playing as well and like I said on the top of the show that win over the Hawks on on the weekend to close the regular season at home ever so close now to being able to say that the Taipans are going to take part in the finals for, for this season. Well, exactly right. Now, now uh, New Zealand Breakers are on... Tw- uh, they've played 26 games, Pikey. They've got two more mm. games to play. They could potentially... If Taipans drop these three away games, New Zealand could potentially tie on wins. Now, I think the percentages... Uh, they have a lower percentage than the Taipans. Uh, I should double-check that before I no, say do. that. They're, they're, they're two percentage of- points behind. 
So, so even in a tiebreaker, uh, Taipans had the edge. However, yep. if they, for some reason, win by 30 points for the, their last two games, um, you know, that, that might change things slightly. But I don't, I don't think it will uh, mm. by enough. So by my books, I'm, I'm saying the Taipans are locked away. But, I mean, let's be honest. If the Taipans want to be a true playoff team, they will want to win one, one or two of these away games at least to, to bring in that mm. confidence, keep that mojo going that's been uh, fueling their surge in the second half of this season but uh, away game in Adelaide uh, certainly going to be an interesting one given uh, what's what's transpired over there Pikey yeah absolutely we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more later on Mm. when we get to the preview but yeah anytime you play a play a team that can't make the playoffs but then they've got the motivation of playing their last home game for the season that's always an emotional thing and there's plenty of of speculation floating around now about their coach Joey Wright and if this is his gun if this will be his last season coaching the club mm. so that adds another level of intrigue you've got players that will react differently to that and of course at this point in the season you've got guys that are fighting to keep their careers alive and they'll want to want to finish on a high note so yeah for the Taipans you, you can't see this as a given just because Adelaide can't make the playoffs you you have to head over to Adelaide and treat this game as importantly as any other I think you're exactly right. I think uh, this is a you know this is a statement sort of position. There's a team on its knees. Uh, they haven't shown up the last few games, in my opinion. So there's obviously some struggles there. Do they do the Taipans put Adelaide to the sword and uh, get the job done? They had a whole week's break. It's not a double header. It's just a clean one game this weekend. And you know, based on the confidence of the Taipans' last few games, uh, I'm seeing this uh, as a definite W for the Taipans. Yeah, and I think it has to be. And and as you touched on, get this win and you're 100% guaranteed of playing finals. So the Taipans can't miss if they win one more of these three games. So it, so it, is, so it is massive. Wanted to get your thoughts on last week's game against the Illawarra Hawks. Terrific crowd at the Cairns Convention Centre. Sold out crowd. Almost almost 5,200 people in the building. Terrific atmosphere. The team played tremendously. You know, a really, really big win, 99 to 75. And like you touched on last week, it was a chance for some other guys to get some, some minutes and... And George Blagojevic made the most of those and ended up with, with 10 points. We saw saw Fabian Krislovic playing some some big minutes again. And Cam Oliver didn't have to play big minutes. Majuk Deng took a bit of a knock early, didn't have to play. Played big minutes. Nate Jawai got a bit, little bit of extra time. You know, Anthony Fisher had a good run out there. Jared Kenny had a good run. It was it was a blowout win, but you got a really good run into into all 10 or 11 guys as well. Yeah, look, uh, it's fantastic to see the bench gets a good burn uh, on the floor. And uh, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, Blagojevic notching up double digits. Uh, mm. I believe that will be uh, yeah his biggest uh, score yeah. of uh, his uh, career so far, which is great to see him notch, the, notch that one up. And um, yeah, I mean, he just looked calm out there. He was just potting free throws as well. Um, yeah. You know, just just finished well. So it was just solid and, and interesting for me to see that the whole bench, uh, Machado, Oliver, DJ, Newble, they're on their feet plotting their team mates when uh, the good play was happening so it's it's been reciprocated uh, from the stars uh, to their young guys coming through so that's uh, it's it's just promising signs from a from a club from a culture standpoint that things are moving uh, very well for the Taipans right now talk me through the atmosphere in the building it, it seemed from afar like it was the place was rocking and everyone as part of the Orange Army was having a fantastic time. It, it means that the Taipans have now finished the regular season 11-3 and three on their home floor. It's a fantastic record and that old fortress is, is coming back. What was the feeling like in the building? 
Well, it, it was mixed emotions, Pikey, because obviously it was a poignant moment at the start of the game uh, in respect of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, the jump ball happened and uh, enter into the uh, the uh, front court and Machado put the ball down on the floor uh, and, and both teams just sort of embraced it, their teammates mm. uh, and then the other team, you know, in, out of respect for Kobe. So the 24-second shot clock violation goes off and then the Illawarra Hawks inbound the ball in the backcourt and then put the ball down on the floor and the same thing happens so there's an eight second violation in the backcourt returning the ball back to the tie bend so both 24 second shot clock and eight second shot clock go off and uh, Kobe Bryant obviously wearing the number 24 and the number eight you know in his career so uh, just just uh, you know amazing sort of display um, to you know to, to really respect a player that's um, you know one of the greatest of all time alongside Michael Jordan and, and uh, LeBron James still playing but uh, yeah he, he's up there so uh, mm-hmm. a, you know a real poignant start but um, to the crowd, wow, 5,168 or something like that. Pretty yeah, that's you right. know, yep. big numbers. And you see the corners of the, the stadium absolutely pumping and just great for this community, um, Pikey. You might not see it firsthand, but over here with, with bushfires, um, all the we're a tourism town in mm. Cairns and basically countries are telling their people, you know, don't go to Australia, there's bushfires there. Or Asian countries aren't, like China's not sending anybody out of, out of China with the coronavirus so with you know a lot of businesses are feeling the effects of um, you know recent events so you know the, the Taipans winning and and playing so well it really boosts the spirit of uh, the the community here and it's been it's been crucial really if if, if um, you know if it wasn't the case you know it, it, a lot of people would be very sad and businesses are struggling but there's there's nothing to sort of really boost the spirits and so the the Taipans are really uh, carrying the flag or, or holding the torch so to speak, um, uh, you know, and really leading the charge and, and giving the people a boost. Been so, uh, it's been like a medicine for, for a town that's sort of on its knees, just waiting for the tide to turn again. I mean, and it will pick up again with tourism, but you know, those those double knocks really send um, you know the, the numbers down, and, and a lot of businesses feel those flow and effects. So a lot of emotion uh, for the game, a lot of uh, excitement, uh, a lot of uh, awesome highlights. <laughs> Cam yeah. Oliver with the tribute dunk to Kobe Bryant <laughs> gets off the two feet uh, reverse jam uh, with the double pump uh, and then uh, yeah a little little strut back down the floor yeah. DJ Newbel potting threes and staring down the crowd <laughs> he was actually I actually locked eyes with him I was holding a, a bit of deep fried chicken with my beer <laughs> and I was just like oh DJ he caught me <laughs> he caught Lowes in retirement so it, it was uh, it was fun it was it was just fun and, and great atmosphere um, wish it could have been there uh, but just a uh, perfect way to end the season how close of a connection does this team feel like they've got with with the the fans and the members? Do you, is this as is this as connected as you've ever seen a Taipans team with with the community and with their with their fans or? What sort of team were you part of that you can, can compare this to? Well, they, they've certainly got they're showing really strong signs of, of good team culture. Um, they, this is a team that really plays it up to the crowd. They're, they're very showmanship like. They're very entertaining, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure Mike Mike Kelly would like to rein in a little bit of that celebration <laughs> just to make sure that players concentrate on the next play. Like if it's a timeout or something, you can you know you've got a bit of leeway to extend your celebration or your flexing down the. 
camera. But when it comes to mid-game flexing, you've got to quickly turn the page and get back on defense. You know, but they've they've been uh, you know really been able to play up to the crowd a lot, uh, which has been really exciting. Like you know, mm. I, I know as much as anything that you know, a good fist pump celebration will will draw in the energy of the crowd, yep. and that's that's what you want, and that's what's been delivered. I just sort of uh, I cautioned uh, when I was speaking on the radio before that with the playoffs, you don't want to see that disappear but you do want to see it rain into that everyone's locked in as long as it's not going too far and players getting a bit loose in a tight game because let's face it the last two teams that have played at the convention center um adelaide 36ers and illawarra hawks have not been playoff. it's not been playoff basketball playoff basketball is going to be tight it's going to be high stakes uh and, and really close sort of matches where you've got to be on point for the full 40 minutes i think these last two games have been you know it's been it's been a lot more relaxed because they've put them to the sword the opposition to the sword early and then it's been party time so um it was certainly fun to to be there and be a part of it but uh reality of playoff basketball will be a a lot stronger competition Mm -hmm. so they've just got to they've got to keep their identity Pikey, I think that's what I'm saying. Keep their identity yeah. in because that, you know, th- those uh, celebrations after a big and one or a dunk or whatever, they, they are important to the player um, because it, it boosts, it gives, it gives them that little bit of extra confidence boost to to do that. So that fuels the next player as well. So so it is important. Uh, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, just that concentration issue that popped up earlier on in the season, I don't mm. want to see that creep sort of back in with uh, a bad habit of, of too lengthy a celebration. So as long as uh, you know all that's in check, quick showboat or, or celebration and, or flex down the camera and move on quickly so that you know concentration is not a problem, then that's all fine by me. Yeah, the impression I get is that that game was almost the, the closing of the door on the, re- on the regular season. There was a, a great celebration for everybody. Everyone in the building had a great time. The, the team had a great time. Everybody got to have their moment on the court. But... But it almost it's uh, and everyone's the door on that everyone's, now. Everyone yeah. scored too, except for maybe Tad yeah. uh, Duffelmeyer, the sorry D, DP. He's uh, yeah. twenty four years old, so he's DP. Everyone except him they got a bucket, so it was um, yeah. you know great contributions. Yeah, and then I, I just think that the, the playoffs almost start now. I feel like these three road games are going to be great preparation for the playoffs, better than what those two home games have been like, as you as you mentioned. And even though Adelaide is out of contention, I feel like it's going to be potentially a playoff-type atmosphere because of everything going on at Adelaide. I mean, the 36ers could come out and blow blow out the Taipan skip and everything they're going through, or they could completely fall apart and they might put in a shocking performance. I think it, it could go either way. But then you finish against Melbourne and you finish against Brisbane, who, depending on what happens this weekend, both of them might still need to win those games to lock away a playoff spot or in Melbourne's case to be any sort of sort of chance so do you feel like these three games are going to be the perfect way to head into the playoffs? Yeah, look, uh, and I think the game of the round will be Brisbane versus New Zealand. Um, mm. uh, and I, I think this game is, you, you've got to treat it like a playoff game. Wh- whether the other team shows up or not, that's that's not on the Taipans. You know, oh. they, they've got to just treat this game like it's the most important one because they want to put some good habits in place. You don't want to roll out of these last three games and going into that FIBA window, which is a two-week break at the end of the regular season. There's a two-week window that all teams will have to sit and, and wait and until March 1 before the playoffs kick in. You don't want to go into that break, you know, being sloppy and, and, and mm. you know, missing the mark on some behaviours that you, you promised your teammate you would deliver on, you know. So you've got to treat this game with uh, full respect to the opposition and, and don't rest on your laurels because, uh, yeah, put those good systems in place and keep it rolling. 
one last thing I want to get your thoughts on, and then I want to ask you a couple of general questions across the league about things that that happened. So we've got to mention Scotty Machado. He set a new has set a new record for assists during a season in the forty minute minute era. So over the last eleven seasons, now he's he's the first man to go past two hundred. So Cedric Jackson had two hundred assists in one season at the New Zealand Breakers, but but Scotty's now gone past two hundred. He's on two hundred and five. There's still three games to go. Mm. It's an incredible effort, especially considering he's also scoring seventeen points a game. I'll backtrack the the Cedric Jackson, um, uh, you know, uh, assists um, set in uh, for for two hundred assists in one season. I really um, admired the way he played, especially mm-hmm. for New Zealand in those grand final, the three peat. Like yeah. he he was just a player that got things done and found his teammates. I was just like, oh, that's that's a player I want on my team, like that yeah. kind of player. You know, and you lost the grand final show. to his team, didn't you? Sorry, yeah, we, we yeah, the New Zealand, um, you know, took that uh, grand final to us and, and put us to bed. We we got yeah. one one win at home against a uh, with a Ron Dorsey long range <laughs> three ball to send it into overtime, yeah. which we eventually yeah. won. And um, listeners will know that game. That was a mm-hmm. huge game. Absolutely. Um, uh, but you know Cedric Jackson just uh, he he's just so annoying like the way he just find plays. But looking back on it, I'm like man, I really respected what he could do. Yep. Um, you know, so Scotty Machado is that exact player that the one that I wanted. Um, you know, way back when I saw Cedric. So the way he's been playing and and feeding his teammates and getting everyone involved, like it's so hard to stop when you've got so many contributors based on what the point guard can do. So eight assists a game is incredible. Yep. Uh, he had ten on. on the, the last home game, he's only yeah, 204, 205 assists uh, with three games to go. He's averaging eight. So what's that? Another uh, 24 well, assists another 20. to go. So he could, he could get to 230. So yeah. uh, pretty impressive stuff uh, and a unique. Pike. Yeah, that's what I, the, the one thing I would say to listeners is that this is a very unique player that doesn't come along all that often. Uh, and, and when you do, you, you certainly want to lock them down for multiple years if that's even possible. You know, uh, fingers crossed on that one. But yeah, just just a, an incredible performance by Machado all year long. Uh, and he's certainly been the driver of uh, their position right now on the ladder. Absolutely. A couple of other things I wanted to get your thoughts on that happened across last weekend in the league. The last game of the round was in Wollongong. New Zealand Breakers were doing it pretty comfortably against the Illawarra Hawks, and all of a sudden, the roof started to leak. We mm. couldn't stop. We couldn't stop the roof from leaking. We yeah. had to. We had to stop the game with three minutes to go in the third quarter. First of all, that probably doesn't happen anywhere except Wollongong. Unfortunately, there's a lot of problems with that with that building, and, it, and it's an ongoing issue. But secondly, what's the right decision made to keep the result from that point in the game, or what would have you done in that situation? Well, you just wheel out the green garbage bin and say, guys, look, just just be mindful of the, uh, the garbage bin in the middle uh, and you keep playing. I mean, that's what we would have done at, you know, at college <laughs> trainings, I remember. You know, just put out the towels and, uh, yep, just watch out for this one. Mm. Uh, there's too much money at stake on the floor from the player's injury yeah. perspective. Um, so the, the smart decision was to call the game like uh, off, whether or not uh, three minutes to go in the third quarter, New Zealand just went on a run and we're up by how much? Six 13. or seven? They're up by thirteen. Oh, they're up by thirteen. Okay. You know, I think I think you just got to call it off and and call it a day. You, you can't can't you know redo another game really. I mean, we the Taipans had a blackout in Cairns mm. against the Brisbane Bullets, and um, you, played, you played that game. 
you yeah, I played that game and, yeah. um, you know, we were just talking with the players and coaches on the court while it's still dark and, the, you know, the uh, secondary lights come on. But the mm. thing is that there's no backup generator because it's in a low-lying swamp sort of area. Uh, yeah. Any backup generator could pretty much go underwater in a flood situation mm. anyway. So, yeah. you know, the cost, of, the cost of keeping a generator going, probably 200 grand a year. So, that, that doesn't help. That wasn't a, a decision to, to do that anyway. So, convention center so because of the low-lying area. So, there was no... There's no way out of it. There's a blackout in Cairns and then, yeah, that's the end result. If it's after halftime, I think that's when they can actually make that call. If, it's, if it happens before halftime, you can you can do a rematch. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, three minutes to go on the third in Wollongong. Rain coming through. That's uh, that's curtains. Yeah, I think I think the right decision was made. I think it was the only thing that could have been done to... To have what to what if it was Brisbane? What if it was Brisbane versus New Zealand, and yeah. the winner of this game goes through to the playoffs? Like, what happens there, Pikey? What do you think? Well, if, if that's the case, if I'm the team that's losing, then I don't let that happen. I I appeal the decision. I I would think, and I probably want. I at least want the game replayed from that point in the game. Um, that's what I would want if I was the team behind. But if I was the team in front, I was I would sure as hell want the result to stand. So, I think so you don't you, play the whole you don't play the whole game again. You just I don't you just, think so. I think you, you restart it from you that warm point. Up, you bring the yeah. fans back in. You warm up and maybe you, you don't say, even right, bring fans back in. Maybe you play you in an empty building. So that the home team's like, well, where's our where's our home court advantage from? You know, <laughs> yeah, the fourth quarter. Um, it's hard. It's hard one, man. It's a, and, and then it's, it's, a, so it's a hard one when to do it too. If you do it so during the fever window, if you're New Zealand, you've got half your team that's playing for the Tall Blacks. So how do you yeah, all of a sudden no. your disadvantage? One of one of your either your international team or your NBL team has to lose half it the has team. To be, it would have to be something that's consistent across the board. Like It would yeah. be heartbreaking if that's the case. But, I mean, to be consistent, I think the game would be called. But, yeah. man, how, you know, you go down at the end of the season like, man, we we, we busted our butt to get to claw yeah. our way back into the finals contention only to have someone probably – What it could be scandal. Someone could be like <laughs> dropping water from the roof saying, oh, yeah, it's like, leaking, it's leaking could. because the bullets are up. The bullets yeah. are up. And even three minutes before – the Hawks had made their own run and they six points the difference in the game. So uh, I imagine if the Hawks' season was still alive that they probably wouldn't have let the result stand without putting up a fight. But I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the right right result would have been from there. <laughs> Get a new roof. <laughs> uh, well, going back to the, the game the, the, the game where you lost power up in Cairns, where mm. I know there was, it was very was, late in the there game. Was thunder, and, there was crazy thunderstorms yeah. and power and a power out so it was it was thunderstorms actually a little bit further south and they were they were creeping up and for some reason yeah just it just came mm. too close and it was too too strong and just cut everything out yeah. in the whole area so and i i remember thinking that most of us thought that there was no way that you'd be able to come back to win, so Brisbane deserved to get the win. But from a Taipans perspective at that time, did you feel like there was still time to win the game? I think so. I don't think it was – I think it was a single-digit yeah. lead, um, like six or seven or something yeah. because, yeah, everyone was like, well, what what do we do? You know, now we, I think we just had a bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one and unfortunate. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got to sort of, you know, not can't control it really. <laughs> This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. Now, you've touched on it before. You talked about the Brisbane Bullets New Zealand Breakers game this Friday night in Brisbane. Um, it, 
it could very much end up deciding which of those two teams finishes in, in fourth, I think. I, I don't think Melbourne is a realistic chance from here, even though mathematically they can still make it. Who do you think wins the game, and who do you think is going to finish fourth out of, out of those two? Because Well, um, Brisbane have played 25 games, so this is they've got three left. Yeah, well, I believe New Zealand's got yeah. two left. So, yeah. I mean, it certainly it ties them up and puts huge pressure if, if New Zealand get the win. You know, I think Brisbane are going to hold fourth. They've just been playing too good, and Lamar Patterson's been... Uh, really solid, just putting up big numbers and and getting getting buckets when uh, they really need it most. And then and then Glidden's been chipping in his uh, three ball when he needs to, and all, they all seem to be sort of. Uh, playing pretty well they might have found their their groove and mm. yeah I mean but New Zealand on the other hand they've surprised a lot of people and uh, led by Scotty Hobson and the point yeah. guard a, a tall point guard he's, he's uh, towers over his op- opponent normally and got a really high elevation on this jump shot uh, I really like him I think he's um, you know it's a shame that he got injured mm. uh, for the breakers so he certainly would have changed things up a, a lot for them uh, in the start of that, that year and the, the turmoil that ensued but um, ooh, it's, it's going to be a cracker I think Brisbane might have the edge because of the home court and the uh, momentum they've had. But, I mean, there's so much on the line. Certainly can't wait to watch it. Of those two teams, which one do you see as being more dangerous come playoff time? Say they end up playing Sydney in a semi-final series. Do you think the Bullets or the Breakers would be more capable of causing an upset? It, it is tough. Um, look, I think uh, it, it's almost a coin toss. I think, I think Brisbane have just going to edge out uh, New Zealand for me. They've just got a, a couple of players in, in like a couple of good players in each position. So mm. uh, even, you know, Will Magne and Matt yeah. Hodgson, I mean, Magne is kind of eclipsing Hodgson in minutes and, and contributions lately. Yeah, but they've been uh, starting but, them both together and it's been been working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just sort of found combinations that, that are sort of deadly. So they've got rim protection. They've got big scoring three-man. Um, they've got Aussie guards. They've got, you know, lo- lots of uh, things that have finally sort of come into fruition. Uh, so, so it's an interesting one and, and just... You kind of didn't see that one coming either because mm. they were in, in bad shape for, for a lot of the season but managed to string some wins together and get on a streak and sort of surprised a lot of people. So uh, they've obviously got pretty good leadership. I know some, I know the other imports were sort of contributing to that leadership side of things even though their their jobs were sort of on the line and under under spotlight uh, and question marks alongside Jay Singler um, and uh, Braun as well, like whether they'd be around for the whole season. But yeah, I mean, credit to them. They, they've really found their groove so um yeah it's uh, it's an interesting one do you give melbourne united any any slight chance of still making it they need to win their last three games and they play they play the Illawarra hawks this weekend and then they finish hosting the taipans and then playing the phoenix in the in the last round they need to win all three they need to win by big margins and then they also need some help from either brisbane or new zealand to to not not win i guess beyond when they play each other this weekend, do you give Melbourne any sort of sort of a sniff? Well, not by the way they were playing. I remember the game uh, versus yeah. Sydney not too long ago. It was like seventeen or eighteen assists to Sydney to Melbourne United's five. Yep. So it's basically 
whoever gets the ball either in the backcourt or the first pass out, they're going to going to go. Well, it's my turn to to jack up something. So it, they didn't have a good game that one, um, and I didn't really rate how they were playing. So I'm not sensing any um, harmony there. I'm not sensing players in sync with each other. Uh, I'm really not sensing any momentum um, no. to close out the, the late part of this season. So I think they're done and dusted, and um, you know they'll look to in a different direction for next year with um, some players. Yeah, and they're coming off the loss to Brisbane, which I think pretty much meant that they're pretty much done. But Mello Trimble, you played with him last season. How do you Mm. sense he would have responded to coming off the bench? Well, he's such a a prolific scorer. Um, I think where he's come undone a bit this year is it sort of exposed maybe more sort of that leadership uh, side of things uh, and the ability to get the teammates involved. He's certainly been scoring well, but Mm. the the team hasn't been um, servicing a lot of their other really talented, highly priced players as well. So uh, He's very young. Look, it's it's a maturity thing as well. We've got a 28-year-old Scott Machado at the helm, yeah. you know, and he's a pass-first guard anyway. I mean, Mello Tribble's a great a score-first guard, pass sort of second. You know, that that can work if you've got leadership in other areas, but you, you've got a young Sean Long, you've got a young Mello Trimble. There's a lot of young heads there. I'm not sensing the leadership on court from your floor general type thing so maybe there's a you know maybe there's a, a veteran ball handler that that would sort of uh, show him the way but I mean they've got some they've got some old heads in there in Dave Barlow and and, and Chris Golding but he just, Chris Golding's a shooting yeah. guard he's, he's not and he's a scorer as well he doesn't he's not like a team leader type of guy um you know dave barlow would is very quiet as yep. well he's a he's a consummate professional dave barlow and had a great great career but he, he's not a vocal kind of guy so there's no I one don't think mr really... karen is either is he no mr karen yeah mr karen is is goes about his business and does it does it well and and he's very uh, methodical and yeah. and you know but so he, so I can see, sense his frustration on the court, just that sort of vacant look when things aren't aren't going well, and you and you could just see his frustration. But you know, they're just not in sync, and I, I think it's a bit of a maturity thing. It's just not quite working for them. So it definitely won't be that direction for next year. Players that are out of contract might even be looking elsewhere. Don't be surprised if if Mitch McCarron joins up with Sydney Kings and Will Weaver. Mm. You know, the, on the Boomers squad, he raved about uh, the assistant coach. Will Weaver, which yeah. who was new to everyone, saying you know how cool it was. So you know those players tend to you know a la Brisbane, where you know Boomers players, Sobey, Glidden have been drawn to Lamanus and Hodgson drawn to Lamanus after Boomers camps, where you know they had a, had a good time. All of a sudden now they're playing for the the coach that and now Will Weaver's um, locked into the Boomers to take over uh, Brett Brown for those that FIBA mm, that yeah. FIBA window you know the, he, he's in a very high position for the Boomers side of things don't be surprised if if a move like Mitch McCarron to, to Will Weaver territory uh, eventuates at some point mm. either I'm not sure what his contract year is but um, yeah just, just things like that but I mean you know a, a bad season will make players think like that yep. <laughs> you know they, they don't want a bar of it the next year they they want out or they want change. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, they'll take their, their skills elsewhere. Now, speaking of contracts and speaking of highly sought-after people, Mike Kelly is now out of contract with the Taipans at the end of this season and he hasn't been re-signed yet. I don't think there's any doubt in the world that he's done a fantastic job and I don't think there's any doubt in the world that he's the coach of the year in the NBL this season. But now that it looks like there's a job available at Adelaide and there could be potentially other jobs available. 
if you're the type ants, how quickly do you want to sign him up? Is it a case of how quickly do you want to sign him up or is it a case of when do we release this information uh, publicly? I, okay, I, sure. I find it hard to think that they don't have him signed up already uh, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting for the right time to not distract anyone. Uh, I'd say that that one would be locked away um, well and truly by now. As well, let's well hope as, so because uh, we all want to see him come back. Yeah, well, I mean, what a, what a great season he's he's been able to steer this thing, um, you know, from from the depths of despair into the uh, the heights of prosperity, and um, you know, he's done a great job. He's been consistent. He's been hardworking. Uh, he's putting in long hours, just yeah. like you know, just like the job calls for that. Um, but you know, he's got the passion as well. So, I mean, such a great season if they can lock away some pillars in, in the playing sort of group. Uh, you know, Mike makes up that that fourth pillar, I guess. If yeah. If you got you want your three main horses, three studs in the stable, plus Mike holding it down as well, you get you get consistency and you get continuity. So uh, it'd be a no-brainer to sign him. I would I would actually you said a lockdown for coach of the year. Mm. Uh, I, I'm going to put Will Weaver into that mix. Not yep. you know he, he's come out he's come out fresh face, doesn't know the league. He's steered a, a team on paper that right now does not have a candidate for MVP. No. Um, yeah, yes, Casper Ware, but let's be honest. The, the top, my top five, do not include any Sydney players. I got Bogut in the second second team, and Casper as a maybe in the third team. Yeah, I'm not sure. If um, have a, I'm not sure if they have someone in the top ten. Yeah, I think you're right. So I, I'm saying that he's steered a team that hasn't had a standout star just killing into into top of the ladder for the whole season. He's got a case for um, coach of the year, Will for Weaver, sure. and it's 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 pretty impressive. I think Mike's ascension with the team has is certainly the um, the most improved, mm. <laughs> but um, uh, and, and nothing to be discredited from Mike by any means. But I feel like Will Weaver's has got a case uh, for for coach of the year, but it's. It's only between those two, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I mean, shout out to, to Gleason doing his thing with, with some really good personnel and, and, you know, being solid and consistent. But just, just for me, Will Weaver has a sniff here. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I absolutely. Sometimes just because you have a high rolling team and a, you're spending a lot of money doesn't mean that you can always bring it together. Have a look at Melbourne. They're probably spending... Close to the amount of money that Sydney Sydney is this season, and they're certainly not performing anywhere anywhere near it. So the coach deserves a lot of credit for that. And sometimes it's harder to bring superstars together to all play together than it is to bring a group of of lesser players together to play as a team. Just because they're all you got to deal with the ego. So yeah, yeah I think I think yeah. I think, and the fact that he's come out here and done it in his first season, his first season in the country, it's mm. it's, not, it's not like he's an Australian coming back home at all. So. I think you're no. right, but I still think Mike Mike gets the award, and I hope that he does. Um, mm. But I'm, yeah, glad, sure. I'm glad you segued into the awards. The NBL this week released their their nominees for each each of the award awards that will mm. be announced in a couple of weeks, and yep. wanted to run through the Type Ends players nominated and see if we've got any winners on our hands. Um, yeah, let's start with the MVP. They released. 15 players, I think, eligible for the award, and three of those are from the Taipans. There's yep. Scotty Machado, DJ Newbelin, and Cam Oliver, and I think all, all of them probably make the all-first or all-second team once that's announced, so they're all among the top 10 players in the league pretty much. But in terms of MVP, have you still got Scotty Machado just falling short of Bryce Cotton, or how are you feeling? 
Well, he's certainly edging ever closer to, to Bryce Cotton in, in terms of the, the numbers, the outstanding year, the uniqueness of it all. It, it, I guess it depends how the, the judging panel sort of decide. Like, I think it's it's getting close to toss-up. You know, you, you got Bryce who's just absolute gun, uh, individually able to carry a team from three-point land to, to mid-range to everything. Like, he's a scorer uh, that can get you grand finals. Um, yep. Scotty Machado's a distributor and then and then a scorer that can activate and uh, immobilize an entire team so uh, traditionally it's been the best individual player that can put points on the board that will you know give them success Scotty Machado's way has he's gone about it in a, in a, in a much more um, a broader sort of sense a, a different sort of track so I don't think we've seen two players so different <laughs> lined up usually you've got a player that's maybe had five or six assists but you know 18 points does that match up against a 22 point uh bryce cotton with averaging three assists well it's it's different it's yeah. it's an eight assist uh, a league leader um record holder mm-hmm. uh you know assist getter and uh 16 17 point a game getter uh changing games but um he, he certainly steers the the game and manages the clock so well um, it's on his terms, so mm-hmm. it's uh, you know. I think for think for my money, I think Bryce is going to to get it. It, it comes from players and coaches um, yeah, voting, yeah. Uh, and they're going to go. Man, he was tough. Like he was like Bryce was just really tough, you know. So I think they'll say the same. Th- Similar thing to, to Scotty Machado, but they might other votes might go to Cam Oliver. Man, he, he was mm-hmm. he was you know he's big. He might have rolled some teams in a series, whereas Bryce was the only shining light that would pull the votes from from all the games, yep. kind of thing. You know, yep. so maybe the the depth of the those three it might be the detriment of of an MVP mm-hmm. thing because Cam Oliver might have pulled some votes. I think Cam and Scotty Machado will be uh, NBL first team. Yep. And I think, so. I think DJ will make second team. So it's a uh, if it goes that way, it'd be a huge uh, a huge coup for the the club, and um, you know set the stage for mm. for some pretty epic uh, playoff games. So I think that's the way Lousy's going to to observe it and and call it. I'm going to call Bryce Cotton will get MVP, uh, but I I hope that that Scotty can can clinch it and sort of buck the trend a bit and you know be rewarded for for what's been an awesome season. The X factor is Lamar Patterson. Is there any chance that he pips both of them? No, he's in my first team at the 3 spot. Yep. He's in my first team at the 3 spot. I but, think they're clearly the top right. 3. I think they're clearly top 3, aren't they? I think so. I think so. Um I've I've got the reason why I've got Lamar not getting uh MVP is because Bryce has kept the Wildcats at second. Scotty's steered the type ends to hopefully third. By the time the voting closes, that's that's where it stands on the ladder. Yeah. Um, but Lamar certainly had free reign to do do as he pleases <laughs> mm. uh, and done really well. I just wish he'd come into the season in shape to to maximise you know his numbers throughout the whole season rather sure. than taking up until. Christmas to I know he plays as a heavier player and that's been his advantage. He uses his weight well. He's clearly in much better shape now, isn't he, than he started? Oh, he's he's awesome there. (laughs) Like he's unstoppable, and um, you know, imagine you know, I just think just come in, just you know, three or four kilos lighter, so that you're ready to go, Uh, and then 
you know, you, you got a chance at, you know, not ha- digging a hole at the start and, and um, you know, having to play catch-up, but uh, he's, certainly, he's certainly been huge this year. Okay, let's, let's talk a bit more about Saturday night's game and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show for this week. It's in Adelaide, Adelaide Entertainment Centre, last home game of the season for the 36ers. We've, we've touched on the dramas that they've been, been going through. There's been plenty of infighting amongst their players. You only have to watch them on the court when they play games to, to see that. There's the potential that Jerry Wright is about to coach his last one or two games at the club. But they, they've been playing good basketball on their new home floor. It's a building the Taipans have never won at. The home team in this series have won all, all the games so far. So the Taipans have done well at home against Adelaide, but they lost on their one trip to Adelaide. I guess the Taipans have the knowledge, knowing that if they win, they're officially guaranteed a playoff spot. But you're just playing against a team that you don't know what to expect from. How tough is that to p- prepare for? Well, their loss in Adelaide was only by a couple yeah, it points. Was it was, it was, I feel like it was really close, and they, they played their hearts out. This is a, a team that's uh, sort of battered and bruised. 101 to 101 to 97. There you go. Four points. Lowes is pretty close. Um, uh, A team that's on its knees and and maybe they don't care about getting back up again. Mm. Um, They might have checked out or they might have a blinder, like you said. You you just don't know what you're going to get. Interesting, uh, Joey Wright just seems to be... I'm not happy. They're not happy with the season. He's not happy with the season. Something's something's going to change, and maybe maybe he he jumps the gun and um, you know finishes on his own terms or something. Uh, but there's certainly been a lot of unrest. Uh, you can sense that from their body language, the, their last few games, and the one up at the Cairns Convention Centre. So I mean, it, it's a tough gig coaching, right? It, it's it's really hard. You, you're the disciplinarian of your team. The buck stops with you. There's no sort of stats except for the win-loss column like it's a tough business there's only eight jobs available and Joey's you know held it down for for so many years and had to deal with all the BS that goes with mm. you know players and uh, you know all, all the emotions and things of, of your team and everything like that well, but I mean well, you're he's, had two, he's, he has, he's had two clubs fold while he's been coaching them under under underneath him yeah but I mean that I mean in Brisbane they they had a, a great championship win yeah. and then you know it was ABC Learning that yeah. went that tanked and went under. So the the owner of the Brisbane Bullets, uh, you know, his business went down. I mean, that's that's not a direct relation to Joey. No, and then, the, uh, then something similar. But, Gold but, Coast. He but he's had to, yeah, yeah, on the Gold Coast that that business. Sports is hard on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to to get a team to be successful um, given the climate there. So I mean, he's he's certainly carved out. I, I think a pretty respectable career in the NBL and um, well, he's going to finish you know, on 500 got, games at the end of this season that's pretty incredible oh it, it's a huge it's a it's a huge uh, nod to what he's been able to achieve and and um, you know that that NBL championship I remember in uh, 2006 2007 yep. with the Brisbane Bullets they just had a uh, an awesome team mm. Dusty Reichardt was on the squad as well yep. Sam McKinnon of course uh, they, they had a squad Ebi Ara oh yeah yeah no so um, you know it was uh, that would have been probably his his best memory the Adelaide 36ers went to that grand final against Melbourne United yep. uh, two years ago that was probably yeah. uh, one of the next best teams that he's had so he's had some you know some Really uh, high level basketball uh, output. You've had a, and, you've uh, had a you really know, good Gold Coast team there for for a little bit. 
and almost almost mm. got to the pot, got to the grand final. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't know which year that, but there was a Golding. Uh, Chris Golding we played for him yeah. as well. Where they was out there. William yeah. Gibbo was there too. I think they just had an, um, an injury in the in the semi-finals to Ayanda yeah. Ubaka, which cost them pretty much. But yeah, they've had some good players. But he's he's certainly um, he's been a fiery coach. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's. In, incited uh, tech fouls when he uh, needed to intentional fouls uh, sorry tech fouls from the bench yeah. uh, when he's needed to fire up his players I remember that one game in Melbourne he's like give me a tech ref give me a tech <laughs> yeah, like right. send me out with send with, me out with Michael like, you, I'll give you a I'll give you a tech, Joe. I'll give you a tech. Like, give me a tech then. And he gives him a tech, yep. then he's and then that's his second tech, yep. and he's got to leave the game at halftime. He's like, sweet, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to uh, the pub. Yep. But um, no, nah, so he, he's a very jovial character or a very uh, 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 enigmatic uh, yep. character. Uh, so he's, he's sort of fun to, to watch. And yeah, I mean, if, if this is his last game and he's out of the, the league, um, then it's uh, it'll, it'll be a, a sort of sad to see him go. Maybe some players that have played for him might not see it that way maybe they'd be happy to see the uh, see him move on and and uh, end their turmoil but um you know i think if you play for joey you've got tough skin mm-hmm. uh and you you have your confrontations and then you move on like a lot of young players coming in aren't very thick skinned they want to be coddled and they yeah. um they, they don't they feel entitled and joey gives it to them old school so you know i think a lot of listeners will, will know that sort of style of leadership and maybe have experienced uh, leaders like that but you you got to kind of take it on the chin and move on and i think that's that's been joey's mantra mm. is you know deal with it and move on like let's go like let's let's fight yeah. let's compete and i think i admire that in, in joey's uh, sort of uh, culture that he brings so from a taipan's perspective how do you go in and block out whatever the opposition is dealing with and just go about your business and play play a good game? What, what do the Taipans have to do to make sure that they, they just go in and get the job done? Look, it's just eyes on the prize. I think um, they know it's at stake. Uh, they've got to be locked in. They know to a man that they've been they've had each other's backs, and that needs to continue. So, uh, fingers crossed, everyone stays healthy. Everyone's uh, contributing as much as uh, as they'd like, and and the the numbers keep rolling in. So, um, yeah, you know, I think I think they'll be very focused and and hoping to, like you said earlier, treat this like a playoff game and and uh, get the result as such. You expect to finally see Court Noy back in the. In in the team I don't know I mean it's a high ankle sprain so not your not your regular mm. uh, ligaments that that go over on a on a ankle turn or a, uh, on a rolled ankle it's on the top side of the the ankle so it's you know the normal recovery is six to seven weeks seven weeks to be extra cautious yep. and that was last week uh, marked seven weeks so he's right on the edge of coming back um, except uh, for a uh, maybe a, a fitness test so uh, I'd say you know with the luxury of uh, maybe getting this win or, or playing the players playing well then Mike might rest him um, but yeah uh, it's got to be close it's got to be I wouldn't mind seeing a couple games under his belt yep. and then that fever window mm-hmm. to sort of maybe rest and recalibrate but um, I think um, yeah he's pretty close to a return now before I let you loose with your final thoughts Something you open the show with, I need to go back, go back and and see if I can pin you down on on something. Obviously, the QBL has now become teamed up with NBL One, so we'll wait and see what that does for the competition. Cairns Marlins will be part of that. 
you've had a training session with the Marlins. Are you suiting up again in 2020? Look, I'll, I'll explore that. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you later. We, I don't know yet. Okay. Um, we, we were having a bit of a scrimmage today. It was great to run around. I you know, play a bit on Monday nights as well in A grade, and it's always uh, it's always a bit of fun. But if, uh, if the Marlins get it right, they've got a bit of an opportunity to put a pretty cool squad together, a couple of old names and some um, some Taipans type of players. That, that could be quite a squad. So, uh, I mean, watch this space. Mm-hmm. If I'm not in it, don't watch this space. <laughs> but if I am in it, you'll hear about it. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, play that one by year. But at this stage, yeah, just getting a bit of training in uh, with some of the players that are that are around or mm-hmm. on the peripheral. Uh, but, yeah, a bit of fun and uh, it's good to kind of run up and down and, and uh, yeah, get a bit of exercise as well. So, uh, no, it's good to, good to play a bit. What about for the clubs back home in Perth? You've... Had a couple of brief stints in the in the SBL back in Perth over the last couple of years. You've got some some old mates and old foes that are running around, like Mark Worthington, who's coaching, and Sean Redditch is still going to be pulling on on the boots. Is there any chance any of the WA clubs should give you a call? Is there a point? Not really. Lousy's <laughs> got a nine to five, uh, and uh, keen to keep that job. Okay. So I don't, I don't have the luxury of time, uh, unfortunately. But um, so save your uh, phone calls. Always willing to, always willing to take a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laos. Now, massive game for the Kansas Taipans on Saturday against the Adelaide Thirty Sixers. We get the win, and we're locked in for the playoffs. We keep winning over the last round of the season. We could still end up finishing second as well. That would be an incredible achievement. So we'll keep an eye on what's happening. Thanks again to our three major sponsors now on the show. Thanks ever so much for supporting us here on the Pikey and Leo show. We couldn't be doing this Talking Taipans podcast without your support, so we can't thank you enough. Now, as we leave you for another week, let's get some final thoughts from, from Laos. This episode of the Pikey and Lau Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. The Taipans heading to Adelaide and oh, Lousy's predicting an eight-point win. Uh, let's continue to support the lads as our spirits get lifted in tough times in Cairns. Uh, but with the Taipans, uh, anything is possible and uh, we can't wait to see some more success. Follow the lads and we'll catch up with you next week.